Welcome to the Got Till 5 podcast. My name is Max Curden. His name is Jesse Benz. That way, pointing. Hello. Hello. You um, are such a pro because uh, you do this a lot. You know, you're podcasting and your interviews and stuff with other people. You cheese up. Um, but um, I like that you've got you've got a really good like radio voice, and you just did that like a lovely intro. But your face looked miserable as sin, mate. <laughs> like, welcome to Got Till Five. Welcome to Got. I can't even do it. I can't do a happy voice without having a happy face. But you nailed it. Well done. It's it's years of practice of being dead inside. I do this on a daily basis. It's brilliant. I'm proud of you. That's a really good skill. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, this is the first time we've been able to see each other's faces and talk in a very long time. Well, yeah. Um, since well, we haven't seen each other in person since August. Um, the last time we did this podcast was middle of December, we think. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100 sure. Um, and that was good. We were supposed to see each other on Boxing Day. But um, Dad, Nanny had too much nectar, <laughs> so he couldn't come out. Yeah, Jesse uh, is not normally one for the voice notes, but at uh, twelve o'clock at night, I was just getting and another and another thing, <laughs> and it made me very happy, and it made my Christmas. <laughs> so Hitler, he wasn't all bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> just there with my family and a few. <laughs> Singing the praises. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we've been gone for a while. Last episode we did was Steve. If Steve's uh, tuned in, hello, Mr. Mr. Finger Styles. We've won a fourth award for the podcast. That's yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, we did an we did um, acceptance speech as well. I thought we did very well. Yep. He wasn't happy about it, but uh, the guest, <laughs> Classy, loved it. So what? very thankful for the award. Um, we like being awarded for being hosts. So thank you very much for everyone who voted for us. Appreciate it. Now, moving on. I've just realised you've misnamed the show. Have I? It's the shows, isn't it? Oh, I have this. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, the branding's God. gone. The branding. <laughs> you gone. made a mistake. I was just praising you for your professionalism, and it's all gone out the window. It's all gone to shit. Well, so the show is actually all about top five hey! stand-up shows. <laughs> top five, our favourite stand-up shows not favorite stand-up comedians so like because obviously some comedians who aren't considered like the greatest of all time or anything have had some amazing sort of specials but other shows that are complete jank mate so we're covering the ones that are good yeah comedy is one of those things where you can't have a consistent level of great you got to have some some peaks and valleys and normally you kind of hit strong with with that first one and then it peters out from there does feel like that. I don't know. It's kind of like it's the same as music, I suppose. Like yeah. band, right? When they release their first album, they've had years to work out and prepare that album. That album comes out, it's brilliant, and then everyone's like, "Where's the second one? Where's the second one?" So you've only got like an hour, not an hour, like a year to make, <laughs> um, and that would be really intense. Um, you only got like a year to come up with your second album, and I suppose it's the same as stand-up shows, isn't it? You've suddenly got to bust out. Once it's been on telly, that material's dead, right? You can't carry on doing the same stuff at live shows once everyone's seen it on the old box. Not like us. We just keep rehashing the same joke <laughs> for 85 episodes now. 
Yeah, but that's not that's not us rehashing. That's not us like doing carefully pre-planned material. That's just us forgetting that <laughs> that we've ever talked about it before. <laughs> it's like, hey, do you remember that time? Yes, I remember that fucking time. I was there, man. Yeah. Uh, so so this episode, the work's taken off us. We don't have to be funny because we're going to be playing clips of actual funny people who get paid to be funny for a living. So we can I just very dryly clips introduce them. clips and then let the funny men talk. Perfect. This yeah. is a nice way to ease into 2021. By not being funny. Exactly. Like- it's inauguration day. It is inauguration day. That's one of the things I put in the tweet. We're moving past the dark days and we're moving into a new era with laughter and happiness and cheer. Perfect. Um, yeah, so if anyone's listening to this in the future, this is the day that Biden was sworn in and all that good stuff. The boss is playing later. Bruce Springsteen, he's playing at the inauguration. I'm excited for nice. that. Nice, nice, nice. To himself. Well, Start yeah. On the lawn. He's been doing Bruce Springsteen, right? For anyone who doesn't know, why would you? He's one of my favorite artists of all time. So anything he does, like he could just release toilet paper and I'd be like, this is the best paper on my bottom I've ever tasted. Um, but he, um, <laughs> my bum has what? taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, anyway, he's been doing a radio show through this year because obviously he can't be doing live shows from his home. And it's amazing. It's just like an old man, because he's an old man, like sadly, um, just talking to himself, just playing his favourite songs and just like nattering away. It's really sweet. It's nice, wholesome stuff. I feel like that's my future with uh, yeah. with podcasting. And that's where it's heading. And I'm I'm kind of okay with that. That's what I used to do when we lived together, when I used to have uh, yeah, MGM yeah, yeah. Radio, sit in the basement, just talk to myself. Yeah, I guested on one of them, I think. I remember coming down and joining you. It was a hell of a commute. <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> I think you've been on every single one of my radio show iterations ever. Of course I have. I'm your sidekick, baby. I need to pepper it up. <laughs> Salt and pepper. <laughs> so, uh, one thing I wanted to observe before we get into the list is yours and my and my ends, whatever. Our comedy taste is very different. Like we find each other very funny, but our stand-up choices are pretty much polar opposite. It's the same with. Um... TV shows as well, I find. Like, we've got a couple in common, but mostly, like, I tend to like Britcoms, basically, like British humour stuff. You're much more of a sort of American zany sort of comedy fan, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's a preview. For some reason, we make each other laugh. I don't know why. Yeah. Why do you think we make I honestly don't know. I I think it's just because we literally just do disgusting jokes to each other and, that, and, that, and that's a level everyone can agree on like no yeah. matter who you are that's what it's we can do for so by, by you saying that are you saying that the clips i've sent you you didn't find funny i didn't watch them actually well i, I know you're number five because I, I like number five um but yeah the rest i i don't know fair enough i can't remember what order i put them in so that's exciting for me well it's good to know that you're going first then so would you like to kick us off with favorite stand-up shows give us some Give us why it's good and some background on the clip. Thanks for telling me what to do. Oh, uh, Bill Hicks, Sane Man is the first one. So Bill Hicks, um, everyone must know who Bill Hicks is, I think. But surprisingly, I don't think that's think. true. No, he's um, he was a stand-up comedian. He sadly died in, um, oh God, I should have looked this up, uh, early to mid-90s, like 94, something like that. He died um, in his 30s of... Um, lung cancer, no, pancreatic cancer, I believe it was. 1994. 94. He died of pancreatic cancer, which is a weird, um, sort of rare type of cancer. He was a heavy smoker. He had nothing to do with that, just like a bad luck cancer. Um, 
He is a Texan comedian. He never really made it big. He made it pretty big over here, actually, much bigger than America. Um, he would come over here and people, I guess because of his sort of dry humour, it was always British-style humour, people liked him. So it was weird because he'd come over here, he'd sell out and headline like theatres over here and then you go back to America and tour all the little dive bars like in the same month. It's crazy. But he did very well. Um, he almost made it big with um, an appearance on the David Letterman show and this actually happened just before he was diagnosed with his terminal cancer and um, Letterman, after the show was recorded, Letterman cut him from the show, said, oh, um, I, I don't think that's for me. Um, hi, Lord Cromington. Um, amber faces. Uh, With ginger. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, I've got it right. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Crummy. Thanks for being here, baby. Um, but yeah, so Bill Hicks, um, he um, was cut from Letterman and that, broke his career really like that was the when he was going to make it and he was taken off it um very nicely letterman had bill hicks's mum on years later to apologize for it and they played it all in full but obviously bill was dead by then too little too late um uh, this specific um standout called sane man this was recorded in the late 80s in a little comedy club in texas um and i think it's his best one um though as much as i love bill hicks he did repeat jokes a lot and you watch his all of his stand-up shows, and there's a lot of the same material in there. But this was his, and it is just brilliant because it's all it feels new because you're watching him do it for the first time. And this is just a little clip of him. It's a different time, so you'll forgive some of the language. Um, but this is a clip um, of him talking about smoking and smokers. Um, do they get to see it if they're watching Max yeah. or are they just going to yeah. hear it? Oh, they get to see it as well. Okay, so if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, um, I, th- I think you'll still get it. You don't need the visuals. Let's, let's roll yeah. tape. Roll tape. Nobody's smoking here. There's smokers over there. And you are cool as fucking cucumber. <laughs> How many smokers do we have for tonight? Smokers? Some <laughs> of that energy they can pump out of will, huh? Thanks, mother. Valiant effort on your part. Next time, just hawk up a chunk along when I need you, though, all right? Just rear back and launch a flim jam towards the stage. Get one of those raw oysters out there. Hey, 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 Flint shouldn't have legs now. I'm no doctor, but I've seen one on TV. You ready for this, smokers? Listen to this. How many non-smokers do we have here tonight? Non-smokers. What a bunch of whining maggots. Bunch of obnoxious, self-righteous slugs. Don't take that on. I'd quit smoking if I didn't think I'd become one of you. I swear to God. I'm willing to die seven years before my time just so I'll be cool each last fucking day. The worst kind of non-smoker 
There's the one where you're smoking and they just walk up to you. I always say, shit, you're lucky you don't smoke. It's a hell of a cough you got there. I smoke all day and don't cough like that. Maybe you were conceived with a weak sperm or something. Maybe your dad was jacking off and your mom sat on it at the last second. Did I overreact? I don't think I did, did I? I think that's kind of cruel. I'm smoking and you come up coughing at me? Jesus. You go up to crippled people dancing too, you fuck? Well, hey, Mr. Wheelchair, what's the problem? Come on, Ironside, raise you. You fucking sadist. I mean the nerve. I'll smoke, I'll cough, I'll get the tumors, I'll die. Deal? Thank you, America. People think, well, it's a secondary smoke. It's not, it's not it's the smoke that you smoke, but it's not the smoke that comes out. It's not, it's not, it's not, if it's smoke that you smoke, that'd be fine, but it's also there's a secondary smoke, which also, there's been reports and there's studies that, that the secondary smoke is also, if it wasn't what you smoke to you, but also the stuff that you breathe out, that what it's like, that goes into me. And then it goes into the secondary smoke, and then fourth, and then, but then by then I'm sick and I'm dead, so what do I do? Good theory. But guess what? If I don't smoke, there's going to be secondary bullets coming your way. Because I'm that tense. I'm trying to quit. How much do you smoke a day, sir? Pack. Pack? What a little push. God, why don't you just put a dress on and show it all to us while you smoke your little faggoty pack? Come on, swish around for it. Oh, a different time. Lovely stuff. That's such a... Um, he set the precedent for your sort of, like, intimidating comics wasn't really a thing before him. Do you know what I mean? And now you get it with, like, Frankie Boyle or, like, even Jimmy Carr to a degree. Um, these comedians who have a aura on stage where they're not to be fucked with. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas before Bill Hicks, I think there was always an element of we're laughing at you a bit as you're the fool guy. Whereas Bill Hicks was never the fool guy. He's the right guy. And he's being funny about it whilst he's making aggressive points. And I just like that style of comedy. It, it definitely plays to you because you're a bully boy and, and you enjoy <laughs> being a bully boy. Someone I work with um, called me a bully boy. They um, that. Um, whenever it's just me and him, he was like, he wasn't that upset about it. But he was like, oh yeah, whenever it's just us two, you're like really nice to me. Then as soon as there's a third person here, you're just stirring between me and that other person, like trying to wind us up against each other. And um, I sort of, yeah, I didn't realise I did that, but it turns out I do. I just wind yeah. people up. Yeah, it's a, it's a very serious uh, personality flaw. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. Um, Bill Hicks, <clears throat> for that kind of comedy when it came out late 80s, was very different to your standard kind of American comics who were appearing on like Jay Leno and all the standard, hey guys, you know, like your, your Jerry yeah, exactly. Seinfelds and stuff who were just like, what's the deal with toothpicks? You know, <laughs> that kind of style of comedy. And then you have this angry, smoking, drinking, 
hating everything in the world. And you don't normally get that from American comics. No. And also, he was in extremely liberal. And that's him doing stand-up in a comedy club in Texas. And he is just unashamedly like lefty about everything, which I think is quite cool. And it actually worked in Texas, which is amazing. I 100% agree with you. I think that's a, a solid start to the show. And I'm now going to do the complete opposite. It's going to be fun. So I've gone for Mr. Bo Burnham and his stand-up What, which was his first Netflix special. Familiar with Mr. Bo, Mr. Burnham? No. Uh, well, I'm familiar with it. I know who he is. I've never seen any of his stand Okay, so for those who don't know Bo, it, it was really difficult to kind of pick a clip because what he does is kind of like a comedy stage performance. So there's songs, there's piano playing, there's poetry, and just really weird performance pieces. And at first you think, oh, it's just this really odd lanky dude doing really stupid jokes but then when you look at the whole stand-up as a as a whole it's this really meta existential commentary that he's kind of doing but in a really stupid silly way so the clip that i wanted to pick i didn't go for a song because music is subjective and you can't get the full thing of a clip so i've just taken the section from the middle of the show where he's talking about some poetry that he's written so i'm uh, gonna share this across to you now this is a poem about beauty, about self-image, and about the ability to transform. Martha was ugly, like a shaven baboon, so she wrapped herself up in a curtain cocoon. And after a week, she finally emerged. She smelled like shit. What a psycho. I want to beat you to death with a blunt object. I want to grab one of those high-end fashion mannequins by the ankles and bash your ribcage in. I'm gonna sharpen 50 pencils, bind them with a rubber band, stick the lead in your mouth and punch the erasers. I'm gonna strap you to a bed of nails, then strap that bed of nails to the hood of my car so I can watch you suffer as we drive over speed bumps in a mall parking lot during an earthquake. I want you to somehow survive a terrible car crash and somehow not survive a small fender bender on the way back from the hospital. Thank you, that's called dad. This is a poem, it's really a story that's meant primarily for children, but I think it's got a lesson we could all learn. <laughs> the squares lived happily in their square houses, in their square yard, in their square town. But then one day, a family of circles moved in from the west. Get out of here, roundies! <laughs> shouted one of the squares. <laughs> Why? said one of the circles. Because this is a metaphor for racism. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I walk into a party, you'd think I was one of those long, straight Tetris pieces because everyone's just like, oh yeah, this guy's here. Finally, we've been waiting for him to show up. Like, you wait in the game, forget it. <laughs> no, you had your chance. <laughs> if I had a million dollars, I'd pay your mother to have sex with me. Afterwards, I'd probably invest the remaining $999,990, $10 for sex with your mother, comedy. It's, I smell comedy. Well, it was comedy giving off that scent. And finally, mid-October, with leaves spilled like colored pencil shavings, the streets dicing our town into neat, unfair portions. 
and me eating that pussy, baby. Thank you so much. It, it That's good me. stuff. I've never seen that before. It breaks me every time. Uh, the whole thing is just great in terms of how he takes the direction from the songs in the beginning and then just interviews all of the stuff and really fucked up humor, which especially because I find my other friend, I have another friend, his name is Matt and I love him dearly. And me and Matt have very similar stand up. I know, I know, I know. I know. And me and him have very similar choices. Well, Matt's, Matt's my friend too, actually, so whatever. He is. We have a group chat. It's adorable. But uh, the purpose of that was, <laughs> it's, I like that kind of, what really, what pops you when you think of comedy? Like, for me, it's unexpected stuff. Like, that's what will always get me to verbally laugh out loud. Like, something I'm not expecting from a joke or something to happen is going to make me be, me go, ha! But what about you? Why have you frozen? Oh, uh, I'm back, I'm back. I also well, just realized when I took away that, that name card that your name is Jesse Curtin for a squirtin' Ben. <laughs> that's funny. See, that's comedy. I'm funny Chop, too. Chops busted, fellow adult. Chops busted. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, what, about, what about comedy makes you audibly laugh? It's the same thing, but it tends to be like um, the unexpected thing is something disgusting. That without fail tends to make me laugh. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would. So, like, I don't know. Like, the, the next clip from my guy actually um, is a good example of that. Um, there's a lot of that in this the little monologue we will play from his clip. But What's it's an it's that. Oh, there we go. We're moving straight on. So this is um, Frank Skinner live from the NIA, which is in Birmingham, which is where he's Birmingham. from. So very much a hometown show for him. This was from back in 2007. Frank Skinner is a comedian who sort of made his name in the 90s. He co-wrote Three Lions, the big England World Cup song. That's what most people will probably know him from. Um, also, interestingly, um, like I was chatting to my dad about Frank Skinner because um, he likes him as well. And he was saying that my nana loves Frank Skinner. And I was like, really? And, that's not, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he hosted Room 101 and she'd watch that and really enjoy it. And it's like, oh, right. And then you realize that like and British telly has like so like old people in that will know someone like Frank Skinner from Room 101 and these nice shows completely unaware that he's got this filthy stand-up career with that like she'd probably have a heart attack if she watched his actual stand-up and the language he uses and stuff just knows him from the family-friendly things and I think there's a lot of comedians like that um I guess it's the same in America do you reckon or is that more of a British thing uh, I think it's maybe more of a British thing where it kind of happens um, because I, I've never watched any Frank Skinner live stand up. Like I've, I've not even seen a clip before. So this will kind of be a new thing for me. Uh, but I think English comedy is a lot more kind of risky. You know, it's the ones where you're a bit dubious about putting on with the parents in the room. Cause you're like, I don't know where this is going to go. They can be yeah, lovely yeah. on their little game shows and then they're like all over the place on when they're doing their stand up. <laughs> well, I love Frank. He's one of my favorites. And um, this he's such a lovely, sweet, he's grown into this sort of old, very sweet what, Midlands man. He also supports the same football team as me, which helps greatly. And um, <laughs> he's very sweet. But that's what makes this even better, I think. So this clip is him talking about how he how jealous he gets when he gets in a new relationship. And I, and I think we can all relate to it. Play the video. 
right? All I'm thinking about is her. That's all I think about. And I'm living to get the text message. And I get a text message, and it says something like, your granddad's been taken into hospital. I think, I think oh, shit, it's not from her. <laughs> and then I finally get a text message from her. And it might just say something like, uh, I hope you're having a lovely day. And I think, oh, man. She hopes I'm having a lovely day, that's fantastic. Uh, even though I've only known her six days, I have an image of her in a hospital bed, covered in sweat, having just given birth to our first child. And I'm saying to her, you did it, darling. She's saying, no, we did it, Frank. And I'm thinking about that image, and I'm reading the text, and I think about the image, and I read the text probably 70 or 80 times, right? And then eventually I think, hold on a minute, where's the fucking kiss? So I'm scrolling down as if the kiss might somehow be trapped at the bottom of the phone, but there is no kiss, right? So I sent her a text message back, and it says something like, yes, I'm having a lovely day. In fact, I'm just on my way out. No kiss, fuck you. Right? <laughs> I'm just on my way out, but I wanted to get a pint of milk. But I want to leave it a bit vague, because I want it to go round and round her head, right? And she'll be thinking, oh, we might go to some trendy pub. There'll be young women there. One thing will lead to another. And she'll spend the night with any luck, at least, at least in tears. And hopefully, actually vomiting in anxiety, right? <laughs> so like, what goes around comes around you. No kiss, bitch. <laughs> I've been with her about two weeks, I get brave enough to actually phone, and I phone, and I get the answer phone, and I think, oh, that's it, her phone's off, she's obviously fucking someone else. <laughs> and comes in, and it says something like, uh, oh, sorry, I can't take your call right now. I think, no, you can't take my call, but you can take someone else's stiff cock. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope he's dripping with AIDS. <laughs> I actually left that last bit on her answer phone. <laughs> time I see her, she says, that was a weird message you left on my answer phone. And I said, yeah, I wasn't talking to you. It was an accident. I was talking to a mate of mine who was anticipating the arrival of a hearing aid salesman. And I said, I hope he brings lots of stock for you to choose from. In fact, I hope he's dripping with AIDS. And she said, what did your friend say? I said, he didn't hear me, he's deaf. And I also hate it when you're with a woman and she gets a text message and she reads it and she doesn't let you read it as well. And they did that kind of snigger and they go, hmm. And you know, two things. One, it's filth. And two, they fucking love it, right? <laughs> Once and she got a text message. I leaned right back to read it over her shoulder. It said, Thank you for my birthday present, exclamation mark, Steve. And I thought, Yeah, we all know what the fucking birthday present was. Don't we? And the exclamation mark clearly meant to represent her vagina and anus. <laughs> jealousy is a bad thing. People say to me, Jealousy, it's like cancer, isn't it? In a way, it's worse than cancer, right? Because at least with cancer, you do get some sympathy. Whereas if I go out with a mate and I say to him, I've been seeing this woman for about a week and I think she might be seeing someone else. So when she went to the toilet the other night, I went through her handbag and started reading her diary. I know he'll just look at me, right? Three days later, he's not going to phone up and say, I was telling the gang about your jealousy and we've had a whip round. We're going to send you to Disneyland. <laughs> when Kylie Minogue was diagnosed with cancer, she got half a million get well cards. Six months later, her boyfriend, Olivier Martinez, was seen snogging Penelope Cruz. Poor Kylie was crippled with jealousy. How many cards did she get then? One from me saying you're on your own, Baldy. <laughs> Sometimes you can be talking to a woman and she'll say, oh, I was chatting to this guy at work. I don't hear the rest of the sentence. She was chatting to a guy at work. She was chatting to a guy at work. I have an image of the guy at work, right? He looks like Johnny Depp. He's in a white shirt and a tie. He's leaning forward, supporting himself with his left hand on the toilet system. With his right hand, he's wanking like a gibbon. <laughs> Kneeling behind him, thrilled, no, no, honoured to be tonguing out his arse. I'm supposed to just accept that. And then that night, to compound my humiliation, she comes around my house and kisses me, so I too must die in this filth. So, 
in order to even things up a bit, I have to start seeing prostitutes. And I'm in the backseat of my car with a 16-year-old Ugandan sex slave sucking my guilt trunk maggot of a penis. And I'm thinking to myself, talking to some guy at work, two could play at this game. The only text you can send me early on in a relationship has to say, I absolutely, totally love you with no doubt whatsoever. Kiss, 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 kiss. When I get that text, I will run around my flat, punch in the air and whoop it with absolute delight for about three minutes. And then I start thinking, actually, this is too much too soon. <laughs> Relatable, right? Frank. God bless him. Um, so that is the first time I've ever seen a clip of Frank Skinner. And you're right, he has a filthy potty mouth. <laughs> it's not what you expect, is it, when you just see him on, like, telly and stuff, like, sort of evening television. Yeah, he's a lovely boy when he's doing his Room 101 and talking about all that kind of stuff. Um <laughs> I, I, I did but, chuckle. I did chuckle. That's a lovely. That's a lovely monologue. I think. I feel like British comedians do monologues well. Like they build up and they build up and they build up to. They're not scared to kind of hold people to a crescendo. Whereas American comics do tend to kind of rush joke to joke to joke to joke, and very rarely will you have a comedian who who like sews a thread throughout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank does that very well. He'll do callbacks to like earlier um it is an art there is one american comedian i can think of that's very good at that which i think might be um your next one. Oh, not my next one but he is in in the list if we're talking about the same person would have been a beautiful yeah, segue um, um, I'm, not, I'm not a pro like you baby sorry sorry baby so i obviously used to live in birmingham and i remember walking down broad street and seeing the frank skinner star on their like birmingham wall, walk of fame and the Birmingham Walk of Fame is probably my favourite thing that exists in England because what's the point? <laughs> it's just Noddy Holder, Frank Skinner and Cat Dealey, isn't it? That's like <laughs> the only people. <laughs> and then whoever else they feel like chuck it in. Uh, yeah. so my number two is my only British comedian on the list, uh, but a personal favourite. This show, oh, yeah. I could probably quote, just recite it, just the whole thing. And you've actually seen this beautiful beast of a man live in person and have a picture with him. I've met this man, yeah. We had a chat about, because he was staying at a hotel in Tewkesbury, and he said it's the worst hotel he's ever stayed in in his life. Tewkesbury is um, our hometown, for anyone listening who doesn't know. Uh, a, yeah, he said it's the worst hotel he'd ever stayed in in his life. Um, I had a, a couple of, um, well, a drink with him and um, that nice photo. He's a very lovely man. Very lovely man. For people who aren't familiar with uh, Greg Davies, he is a... Oh, how do you describe such a, a beautiful beast? He, he's a large man, and he's very funny. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, Americans um, Americans will know him as the headmaster from Inbetweeners. Yes, well done. I always yeah. forget that. that that's, Not that's the headmaster. Cool. He's the head of sixth form, isn't he? Not the headmaster. Head of sixth form. And does a fantastic show on Dave, now on Channel 4, of Taskmaster, which... I enjoy watching very much. And the, the thing with the stand-up is, because he used to be a former teacher and all of this kind of stuff, and it, it's just a... And the way he teaches it with, like, a whiteboard and he does, like, all of the little annotations, but then he's also, like, telling stories throughout. And this is one of those examples of a, a solid top-to-bottom stand-up 
routine that just has this really nice thread that goes throughout. And the final joke, which I'm not going to play because it's set up so beautifully, he holds the audience for as long as possible and then delivers and still nails it. And that's a gift. So the clip I wanted to go for is the only one I could find. So apologies. And it happens about midway through the show. So now I'm going to... None of the clothes fitting me, me being too old for them or too fat for them or too tall for them. I was feeling pretty low. When I realised in the background there was a song playing from my youth and it made me happy in an instant. Right? It was a song by a band called Dead or Alive. Who remembers Dead or Alive? Yay! What was their biggest hit? <laughs> you spin me round! You spin me round, Lucy! A 1984 classic slice of high-energy gay pop disco. <laughs> In 1984, I had one thing on my mind, right? It was a girl I was totally in love with called Nicola Francis. I was absolutely obsessed with her, right? Totally besotted by her. And just for a side note again for you, I saw her about three months ago for the first time in all those years. Lucky escape. Um, Manta, Manta. Says me. At the time, I loved her, you know? And every time I walked past her, for some reason, that song seemed to be playing in the background, summing up my feelings, right? It's not Shakespeare, Lucy. It's a simple sentiment. You spin me right round, baby, right round, like a record baby. That's a music storage system. (laughs) Like a record baby, right round. Here's the twist, round, round, right? Not Shakespeare, but it reminds me of a happy time, of a simple time. So it made me happy. Until I realised I wasn't listening to the original. I was listening to a cover version by a gentleman called Flo Rider. <laughs> Some of the young people may be familiar with Flo's work. Flo's taken a bit of artistic licence with the dance classic and reworded it in the following way. Warning and apologies. <laughs> Flo Rider will not let us quote his lyrics. Essentially, he's changed the word so that now his head spins round when someone goes down. <laughs> oh, dirty flow. <laughs> this is when I knew I was officially middle-aged, because I promise you, I heard that lyric and out loud in a shop, I reacted like this. Oh, no. <laughs> One song in the hit parade that doesn't allude to munching away on each other's private parts. <laughs> and I'll tell you something else, Lucy. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe this is inappropriate, but I'm going to. At 42, I don't make the effort to go down very often these days. <laughs> it's a special occasion, a birthday, something like that. I'll tell you kids what I don't want to look up and see, and that's someone's fucking head spinning round. <laughs> like a massive owl. <laughs> you want, you young people, <laughs> to see me, a 42-year-old man, licking the vagina of a massive owl. <laughs> a man old enough to be Lucy's father, lapping away at the soft folds of a seven-foot hooting bag. <laughs> you can't even get owls that big. Not <laughs> the owl from Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> oh, Jason, the mighty owl doth block our path. Bring forth great years of Shropshire. He won't move the beast by lapping away at his feathery growler. 
You are fucking sick, you children. <laughs> that bit good stuff. So much. It kills me so much. I should probably explain that Lucy, uh, he wasn't just picking on a random girl from the crowd. She was reading notes uh, from, from the audience or something. So otherwise, it just seems a bit creepy, him yelling at a poor 19-year-old <laughs> yeah. girl. Yeah, how did he know her name? Um, <laughs> <Just> someone. <laughs> uh, but no, it is great. It's such a good DVD, that. And um, I hate to say it about my old mate, Greg, but um, when I uh, met him and uh, went to his show, it was his stand-up show that he did following this and it wasn't as good it wasn't a great stand-up show but this first one is phenomenal it's a great debut i feel like he brings it back in the third one though the one that's on netflix that he brings it, it back right? to the yeah same level but staring at the back of my mum's head doesn't doesn't hit the same notes as that first no. one did. no but it didn't for me either but it, it was a free funny. ticket a friend of mine took me as a um sort of date i suppose because someone else couldn't make it so i appreciate that thank you it wasn't a date, but anytime Jesse hangs out with someone, it's a date. Like, there's always a potential <laughs> for Jesse to get his end away. So it's like, yep, this is a date. Come on, Grandma. We're going out. It, to, it was to too late. It was Marl, right? <laughs> <laughs> now he confesses. Um, I have not been to many stand-up shows in my life. In fact, I've been to one professional comedian in my life. Who was that? Dylan Moran in Victoria. Oh. That's fun. That's a nice one to go to, though. He was very funny. And it was in Canada, so... And this isn't a joke. They were being that polite that after every joke or small joke, they'd clap. They'd laugh and clap very politely. And about 15 minutes in, he just snapped. And he was like, stop fucking clapping at everything. And (laughs) they laughed and clapped. So, God bless them. Dylan Moran looks like... if, If somehow all three hosts of Top Gear could have one child together <laughs> that child would look like Dylan Moran <laughs> that would be Dylan Moran I, yeah. I think also that's, that's go on no no I'm done speaking I was just oh fine fine um also um I I forgot that Dylan Moran's in Notting Hill he makes a cameo as the chap who's trying to steal a book from um Hugh Grant's bookshop oh Maybe. And then gets a signature from Julia Roberts. I forgot all about that, but um, I watched it recently and there he was. You could tie the two together and maybe he stole that book and then went and set up black books with that single book and that's how he made his fortune. Character development, Jesse. That would be perfect. Bloody love yeah. it. Beautiful. We've been so lazy on this. Well, mine then. Just been playing clips, and then we're like, we're at the number one spot already. So, uh, yeah, go. You, you know what? This is the laziest ever, because the clip I've sent you is audio only. It's not even visual. So, <laughs> so meta, man, we're playing an audio clip <laughs> on an audio medium. <laughs> I didn't even, uh, but I didn't, to be fair, like, this is a good clip. I couldn't find the video of it anywhere, so this is the audio only, I'm afraid. Um, Chris Rock, everyone knows who Chris Rock is. I think he's um, an incredible comedian. He was kind of ahead of his t- time as well. Um, this is his first, uh, it's actually his second stand-up special, but his first DVD or video at the time release um, called Bring the Pain. Um, OJ and all that stuff had just gone down in America at that time. Um, which I know, again, you're the next comedian you're going to talk about, Max, um, mentions OJ in one of his stand-ups um, at length, which mm-hmm. is very interesting and funny. 
but um, Chris Rock does this. It's literally like just like the court case had just finished, and he does this brilliant piece of stand up just about how he viewed the OJ thing, and I think it's lovely. Take it away. Taking it away. Should you leave a newborn baby in a restaurant and then put him in a coat room? <laughs> Second of all, he was known to drive around town in this Ferrari that OJ bought for her. <laughs> Think about that shit. I'll buy you a car. You gonna let another man drive around in my car? Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> shit. God, you better recognize. I don't even have Ferrari. But if I saw somebody driving my Pinto, <laughs> that shit would blow up like the Godfather. And I'm not saying he should have killed her, but I understand. <laughs> you know what else? OJ is paying $25,000 a month in alimony. $25,000 and $4,000 a month for food. For food. What the fuck was she eating for four grand a month? I guess she's like, I got to get some extra cheese on my wife. <laughs> Yo, women, y'all got it good, boy. When it's time to get a divorce, women got it made. They go to court, start talking that shit. Your honor, I'm used to this. I'm used to that. I'm accustomed to this. Yo, what the fuck is accustomed? What that got to do with shit? Hey, you got a restaurant, you're accustomed to eat. You leave, you ain't eating no more. They don't owe you a steak. <laughs> I want me to go to court, put that shit, your honor, I'm used to this, I'm used to that, I want some money, give me some money. They get the money. What about what the man's used to? What about what the man's accustomed to? That might not be money. But during the course of a relationship, a man grows accustomed to a few things. And I would love to see a man go to court and say, yeah, I'm going to check this out. You know, I'm accustomed to fucking her four times a week. Now I feel I should be able to fuck at least twice a week. I mean, she can have the alimony, but I want some pussy payments. That's right, man. Shit. No, that, that, that's alimony. That's what made OJ crap. That oil machine paying that big ass alimony. He ain't scored a touchdown in 20 years. That's right. Should have had a prenup. That's right. Prenuptial agreement. Everybody needs a prenup. People think you gotta be rich to get a prenup. Oh no. You got 20 million. Your wife wants 10. Big deal. You ain't starving. But if you make 30,000. <laughs> And they, your wife won 15, you might have to kill her. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit, I ain't gonna move back to my mama because you ain't in love. You gonna have to die. <laughs> so you gotta think about all that situation. $25. Another man driving around his car, fucking his wife, and a house he's still paying a mortgage on. Now, I'm not saying he should have killed her, but I understand. 
He can more relatable stuff. <laughs> I've, I've just realised Jesse's wheelhouse of what he understands. All my all my clips are quite hateful, aren't they? I just realised. Just there's there's a uh, there's a lot of hatred towards women in 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 your enjoyment, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of abuse, Jesse. I think we need to maybe break this down down a little bit. We need to look at this, but it's okay because Joan Rivers is one of my favourite comedians, and she's a woman, so that makes all the misogyny okay. <laughs> It's okay. I, I know a woman. I, I know a woman. <laughs> My mother is a woman. It's cool, guys. <laughs> and we know how you treat her. Very well and respectful. I do. I love my mother very much. <laughs> <laughs> there was no joke there, everyone. It was just a fact. Uh, I've never watched a Chris Rock stand-up. Can you believe that? Oh, man. Um, so the first, the no first four. Lie. I watched, watched his latest Netflix one. Okay, I can't. Okay, I can't comment on it. I haven't seen it, but his um, first four um, are stunning. I, I just—they were just like you know when you're a teenager and you just got stuff playing in the background. You got your go-to stuff when you're in your room that's just playing all the time. It was Chris Rock stand-up for me. Just his first four DVDs are amazing. They're just all really, really good. You watch a lot of stuff in your room, though. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just had stuff. I had films and stand-up just playing constantly when I was on MSN to you. Do you remember when we were about... I don't know why this sticks in my head. Hopefully it does for you. We were okay. about 14, 15 years old. We were chatting together on MSN Messenger, kids. Those were the days. Um, as we did every evening, we'd, we'd hang out all day at school, chat, 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 and we'd get home, get on MSN, chat, 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 which is kind of exactly what we do now. <laughs> we just don't stop talking or what's <laughs> That is a medium for people to kind of view it as well. Yeah, it's just yeah, just non-stop chat between you and me, and um, it isolates everyone from our lives and excludes them. And one day we'll just be alone with just each other. And um, we were chatting on MSN Messenger, and I had the telly on in the background, and they were playing Dead Poet Society, the film. I do remember. And, yeah, and I had never seen it before, and I was sort of chatting to you and watching this, and I was like, "This is a fucking good film. This is really, really good." Robin Williams, yo. And we was watching it. And, it was one um, of those things where it came in like halfway through. So like you were like, turn to channel channel two. And it was like 10, 15 minutes into the movie at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to explain to you over MSN Messenger who everyone is. Like, oh, this kid's a bit fruity, but like I think he's going to be all right. And like, Robin Williams is a teacher and he sort of is all inspirational. This headmaster is a bit of a shit. But like we'd never seen it before. And we shared that moment. Digital, digitally or like through the internet and this is what over like 15 years ago it was a beautiful evening it was uh in the key moment of that story when we were watching we were like this this stuff's pretty good so like jesse's got a screen over there i've got mine over here and then we've got like the webcam on and then there's just a moment of of silence where the kid shoots himself in the head where he puts on like the little the reef and then he kills himself and we were like Oh, oh God! Yeah, oh, no. this is meant to be like a really inspirational, uplifting film, but no, fucked up. And I, I stand by that as a very unexpected and OTT moment of that film. Everyone talks about Dead Poet Society and how brilliant it is, and it is. But he didn't have to kill himself, man. Like that's too much for that <laughs> film. It's completely out of left field, and it doesn't fit the theme of the film at all, in my opinion. I, I disagree. I think it does. Do you? It, it, it's the relationship between the fathers and the sons and, you know, not getting the part that you want. We've all been there. We no. were looked over for the crucible. We could That's have true. shared a bullet. I was right there <laughs> with him. 
<laughs> we do you remember we um, managed to break into the school gym after hours after the crucible um it was it your birthday i'd forgotten um something after we'd done the play so we had to get back in but we found a way into the gym and it was like all quiet and closed and it was weird being in school at that time and there were nooses hanging from the ceiling because that was part of the set yeah um, yeah <laughs> we looked at each other like should we do it now <laughs> that will show them. <laughs> show them yeah we watched a power society last night we know what goes down uh but so that, have you ever seen an officer and a gentleman yes uh that uh, again that suicide at the end of his mate the um guy from oklahoma yeah. just a bit much isn't it like just it's not i suppose that sort of works with that film but i don't know i saw a gay porn once um based on um <laughs> based on officer and a gentleman and it was called an orifice and a gentle hand <laughs> i think that's that's a top five we can do in the future <laughs> what gay porns top five top five gay porn movie spoofs yeah oh there's some crackers mate Right. Um, tune in next <laughs> week everyone come with me a, my son got a hell of an episode for you <laughs> Star Wars that's the one I always remember Star Wars Star Wars. Yeah. nice that's a good so we've one. gone from suicide to gay porn you haven't clarified why you were watching gay porn casually I'm a big fan of Officer and a Gentleman so anything around I just wanted to see what the next step of those characters was <laughs> in that <laughs> universe viewership gone up really quickly all of a sudden like the minute well, we start talking about gay porn, like, like gay porn. <laughs> here comes the viewers hi guys we're talking about gay porn um richard gear lookalikes orifice and a gentle hand and um it was good stuff thanks for joining the show yeah okay moving on my number one mr dave chappelle someone i got into remarkably recently remarkably recently um again me me and my friend matt we were very our big, friend our friend jesse's in the whatsapp group it's a beautiful <laughs> thing so um we used to watch dave Chappelle, the dave Chappelle show uh, i had the dvds that i bought in canada and i bought them back to england when me and matt were living together and we just used to spend our evenings watching the, Sh- the Chappelle show and probably not intended for our target demographic but we had a good time and it was very funny um and then dave disappeared for a while a long while he disappeared for 10 years because um they wanted to come back for a third season he didn't want to do it and there was a lot of money involved and him kind of getting screwed over and he literally just left and just disappeared from entertainment and comedy completely and then 10 years later netflix brings a whole dump full of money and he's like yeah where do I sign? And we got three specials from uh, Dave Chappelle, a fourth one as well after um, after the Black Lives Matter stuff, which was also fantastic. And you just you just kind of got into it, Jesse, and you, you picked up with not a lot of prompting from me and Matt. Like you heard me and Matt talking about it, but we've kind of given up forcing you to watch stuff because you're so stubborn and you just have to naturally find it by yourself. So yeah, like a, I'm yeah. like a sort of like a wounded deer. You just have to let it wander off and find its own way. There's nothing you can do for it. And that's very much how I live my life. Um, or like a monkey. I suppose, maybe like a monkey with a broken arm. Yeah, I think that that's more accurate. That's more me. Um, but yeah, I found I listened, I watched Dave Chappelle's, all of his Netflix specials that are on, and they're all fucking brilliant. They're really, really good. Right up my street. Um, I, I don't know why I gave it a go. I think Matt shared the um, Black Lives Matter special that he did um, mm. in our WhatsApp group. And I watched that 
um, just because he happened to have sent in. It was only 20 minutes long or something. And I was like, oh, okay, I can digest that. And it was awesome. And I was like, okay, um, I will carry on watching other stuff. And yeah, all of them are brilliant. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's why my street is hateful. It's misogynistic. It's well, this just is the weird thing with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> he's hateful, he's misogynistic, he, he's... A lot of what he says is wrong, but it's wrong from, like, your older uncle who means well and you know is quite liberal, but just isn't at that next stage yet. He just doesn't understand certain things. But it's so clearly a joke. That's what makes it fun. That's the thing. It's, it's so clearly a joke, and just the fact that he does these pieces and then... Does it? He never does it. Really, ah, just kidding. But you know, it's not coming from a hurtful place. The stuff yeah. he says, and I think that's the very key thing. He um, finds ways. He finds ways to preface his jokes by. It's very clear that he's a good person. Do you know what I mean? Like he does say things that make a lot of sense and are from the heart. And you're like, yeah, you're a good man. And then he'll make you laugh with something very inappropriate. But that's what we do. That's what we do in the pub. Do you remember pubs? Like when we sort of, um, you know, hang out and have a few drinks, it's like we'll pop each other by saying something inappropriate. And you know, I don't mean, like if I say so, you know, I'm not racist slash misogynistic slash homophobe, like whatever I choose to say in that moment. You know yeah. I'm not any of those things, but I do it because I know it will make you laugh and you do it to me as well. And it works. Yeah. And I think that's the fine line of Dave Chappelle is is walking that. Now, the clip I've chosen isn't the the final joke that we use in the group chat quite a bit. It's the build up to that. But every single line of it still hits as he kind of goes through it. Yeah, totally. And the community I hold so dear. A couple of weeks ago, I was supposed to be in Flint, Michigan for a, um, for a charity benefit that was supposed to raise awareness for the appalling condition of the water in Flint. I don't know if you know this, but the water in Flint is fucking poisonous. It's actually making people sick. I mean, Hollywood people like, so what? At least they have water. But this water... <laughs> this water's fucked up. So a lot of black celebrities flew into Flint and they did a, 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 a tremendous charity benefit uh, and I was uh, on the schedule to appear. Uh, <laughs> so the reason a lot of people haven't heard about this benefit, it was the same day as the Oscars. Right, I know. So I was on my way to the airport to go to Flint, and then Chris Rock calls me and is like, hey, Dave, I got a ticket for you for the Oscars. Can you make it? And I was like, sure, nigga, I'm on my way to the airport right now. <laughs> Come on, man. What am I going to do about that water? What am I a fucking superhero? I need to have fun. I need to live, too. I didn't fuck that water up. Stevie Wonder was there. They didn't need me. I'm sorry, everybody. I've never been to the Oscars. You've seen the movies I make. I was excited. I knew I was going to get in some trouble because when I was walking in the red carpet, uh, the black press came after me. Excuse me, brother. When you hear somebody call you brother too much, something terrible is about to happen. Excuse me, brother, brother. And then I looked back and the motherfucker had a tuxedo with the kente claw tie. I said, "Uh uh-oh. He said, I just want to ask you a couple questions. I said, what publication are you with? He said, me, I'm with the Daily Bongo. I said, Daily Bongo? What the fuck? Who the fuck reads this? 
He said, listen, brother, I just want to ask you a quick question. Um, you understand that this year, this is a, a boycott for the Oscars. So I'm just wondering what made you, of all people, cross the motherfucking picket line and be here tonight. I said, boycott? Nigga, I haven't been working in 10 years. What do you mean, boycott? I've been on strike. Y'all niggas didn't stop working. I had to watch fucking Key and Peele do my show every night. Billy Bongo is what I said. I went to Oscars and had a wonderful time. I went to that fucking green room. It was filled with so many stars. I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. Hollywood was seducing me all over again. I was sitting back there. I'm smoking, drinking with the stars. And then two Hollywood movie producers came over right to me. Oh my God, Dave Chappelle said the leader one. He was obviously gay. Some guys, you can just tell. The other one seemed like a money guy, like maybe he was from Texas or some shit. But the gay one was definitely the leader because he did all the talk. And then he hit me with, so David, um, do you have any movie ideas that you would like to pursue? The truth is, I don't. But if you know the game, you're not supposed to tell motherfuckers you don't have ideas. I was like, yeah, man, I got plenty of ideas. And he called my bluff. Really? Like what, huh? Oh. Um, um, and then I just, I just started making up shit that I thought maybe he'd like to see. I said, I have a superhero idea. He goes, really? I go, yeah, he's a, um, he's a gay superhero. He was like, really? What's it called? Huh? Oh, it's called, it's called Same Hero New Boots. Same hero, new boots, and then that leads into the greatest superhero creation ever, which is fucking horrible. Please check out Age of Spin on Netflix. It's fantastic. I loved that clip for two reasons. One, because it's from a great show and it's a funny clip. And the other reason is, I'm assuming for copyright reasons, they've changed the pitch of that video and his voice was way higher than <laughs> it normally normal. is. That was like Dave Chappelle on Helium. And Dave, Dave Chappelle, when he's that high, is actually really camp. Did you know yes. he's, he's a very camp man? He's on that border. He's always on that border. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic stand-up to, to kind of watch all of those. And it's as we said uh, previously, where he has, he walks a very fine line of he's right, but he's wrong. And the, It really interested me because before I'd seen any of the Netflix specials, um, I'd seen a lot of press about him from um like lgbt press um or lgbtq plus the premium version um press um sort of saying about um how he's anti-trans and like this is very hurtful um comedy to trans people and stuff and you went and so i'd seen all the press first and then i watched the shows and obviously i'm not a trans person so i don't have any right to to say whether it's offensive or not but to me it was so clearly it, it was a joke, but it wasn't, I don't think, it wasn't directed at trans people. Do you know what I mean? It felt like a very Daily Mail way of getting upset about things. It didn't feel like he was clear, he's, he's clearly an ally in the way he does stuff. He's just an ally who tells jokes. Yeah. And uh, it's, but he makes that really clear. And I think, so if anyone's been put off by, because I've got a lot of friends that uh, were put off by him by the, 
the press saying that he does a lot of homophobic and anti-trans comedy. He really doesn't. If you watch it, it's fine. I, yeah, I think watching it will give you a better understanding of it, of, of what the purpose of the joke is, because it's not as clear-cut as... Because I read those articles as well, and I'd seen the special, and I went, that's not what he was angling at. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. All. Um, but obviously it's our place to say who can get offended by what, you know, that's that's everyone's kind of choice. But um it it's it's worth checking out at least at least once. So to run down our top five stand-up specials, if you need a good jolly laugh during this fun time that we're living in. This I believe is fully on YouTube, Jesse's choice of Bill Hicks Sane Man. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, the whole thing's on there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bo Burnham What you can find on Netflix with his follow-up special, Make Happy, which is the best existential dread comedy show I've ever seen in my life. Frank Skinner, live from the NIA. Is uh, my, my, yeah, might all be on Amazon YouTube. <clears throat> yeah, probably Prime. I had it on DVD. Still have it on DVD. Uh, Greg Davies, Fire and Cheese Was It A Dog, is our audio version on YouTube, but you can also get it on Amazon Prime as well. Chris Rock, Bring The Pain, same, same, same. Yeah, it must be Prime. Yeah, and there's an audio version as well that you can get on, because you can actually listen to stand-up shows on Spotify, which is a novel concept. That's cool, right? That's something I need to get into more. Um, that'll be That's good commuter listening, I think. It's like yeah. it's almost like old-school podcasts. Exactly, you're just giggling to yourself over... Things you shouldn't be. And finally, Dave Chappelle, Age of Spin, the first return back after 10 years, is on Netflix along with everything else. Chortle, lol, lameo, ruffle, ha, ha, ha. Lovely stuff. We should shout out. It was actually my dad's idea to do this show. Ah. He um, listens um, every time we do one. And um, he texts me saying, he always texts me. He normally texts me with correcting us on something we've got wrong. But... And then, like, gives like a paragraph on it. But he texts saying, "Um, we should do top five stand-ups," and we thought it was a good idea, and we hadn't thought about it. So, thank you. And another funny thing, my dad texts me. Don't you love it when old people do this? Like, um, they discover something, and they th- that they think's cutting edge. And he he was like, he texts me, and he was like, "Do you know this little-known comedian, Jim Jeffries?" And he was like, really hoping to blow my mind. <laughs> this new comedian, he's been around for like. 15 years or so who's like really famous and selling out these massive shows who is obviously brilliant but yeah my dad's just discovered jim jeffries and he's all about that at the moment he absolutely loves him <laughs> there's there's a lot of good stuff special netflix at the moment netflix really up their game with a lot of the kind of comedy specials and, and bringing people in and just throwing money at stand-up like one of my favorite things to do is just to sit and watch our stand-ups every, like I'll get into a mood where every night I'll just be watching one. It's the same mood when I get drunk and I watch um, live, live music comes. shows. Yeah, it's. I love that mood. It's the same energy where you're just like, I'm yeah. having a wonderful evening. I'm out. I'm having great fun. <laughs> it's great. I haven't done it for a while. I feel like this month has been so fucking depressing. I feel like I'm due for one of them again. I might do it this weekend. It's um, just this month has, I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but it has dragged on to fuck this January, especially if you're in England, because we're in lockdown again. Mm-hmm. And it's just, ugh, it's been a long old month. The weather's shit. It's dark all the time. But it's getting better. March will be nice and sunny. What? <laughs> Comedy! Suicide and misery. You're okay, buddy. <laughs> Concerned. 
Um, but no, you're right. It, it is it is shitty, and and that's why we wanted to do these episodes so you can you can watch something funny or find new stuff. And I'm quite happy to join you this weekend with getting drunk and watching some some concerts. We had a lovely time when while I was watching Lincoln Park, and you'd already watched it. We could have one together. Yeah, yeah, I was just nerding out. I was like, oh, it's such a good set list. Wait until you see how they segue into this song and do this medley. <laughs> So beautiful, so beautiful. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on this episode, looking at our top five stand-up shows. We'll be back soon. We're maybe going to switch to weekly, which could be fun. That could break up some of the time during lockdown. Okay, do it's sort of loud today. Yeah, so um, fuck it. Yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. So stay tuned for that. Got some guests who are interested in joining us for some final shows. And it's going to be some bloody lovely time. Make sure you get in contact with us at Oh, I almost did my work at then at Got Till Five, and yeah. from there you can give us some suggestions of top fives that you want to hear because you know we we want to give back to the people, and also just check out old episodes as well. Is there a website that people can go to? I can't remember. There is a website. It's very originally titled um, GotTillFive.com. That's the one. So we'll be back next week, same time, same place. See you here for a brand new episode. Enjoy your week. Stay happy. Stay safe. Watch some comedy and have a beautiful time. My name is Max. His name's Jesse. We love you dearly. Bye. Bye.